Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast designed to give people the inside scoops on life in our church. Uh, I'm joined today by one of our... uh, pieces of furniture around here, a, a lifer fixture uh, named Chris Fowler. Christopher, say hi to everybody. Good afternoon. Um, presuming it's afternoon where everyone's listening. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you and I go back a long way, and uh, you even longer than I do around here. So I know that many of us listening are familiar, maybe not everybody. So tell us just something that all of us can know about you that maybe none of us know. Well, as I was thinking about this, I think it'll be more of a confessional than anything because the only detail that really popped into my head was uh, something that happened in the 80s because the 80s was just a decade that shouldn't have happened anyways. <laughs> and, uh, some, and, and thankfully, I, I really thank God that the internet didn't exist then because otherwise, uh, all over the internet would be pictures of me rocking the most intense mullet you have ever seen. Yeah, a lot of party yeah. on the top. I mean, yeah, part, business on top business and party on top. in the back. Party yeah, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, now that I've shared that with everybody, I feel like I've been cleansed. Good, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, um, I feel like today, probably a lo- there are a lot of listeners who never knew those glory days. <laughs> well, where... they were glorious. <laughs> <laughs> where... I mean, I grew up going to elementary school with you, so yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've known all of the eras of haircuts, and especially <laughs> like the the real uh, the real bright lights of the mullet days. So yeah, yeah, you were free flowing for quite yeah. some time. I uh, it was a good day when it got cut off. I thought what you were going to share uh, was how good of a long distance runner you were. <laughs> <laughs> In grade seven, I was Chris, amazing. Chris Chris was a couple grades ahead of me, and uh, used to, we used to be on the Woodland School cross-country team That's together, right. and you were quite a beast. I was you really good Selby. in grade seven, yeah. <laughs> then I faded. Yeah, we would run, actually, our running route uh, from run the school house. run yeah. right past your yeah. house. That's right. And we'd do these out and backs, and I remember, oh, yeah, the Chris <laughs> Fowlers of the world, they were... I forgot about that. Yeah, they were, they were pretty elite, so... <laughs> Yeah, that was back in the day. That Probably not lo- mullet level, but no. uh, yeah, that That's was uh, that was a few pizzas ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally was. <laughs> hey, uh, thinking about kind of how long of a run even you've had around here, and knowing that you did take a, a little break in the early years for about three years, yep. so we uh, we kind of measure your accrued time. I think this will be like year twenty four now, totally. I think so. And in yeah. my mind, it's it's early twenty twenty one where we celebrate the twenty five year anniversary <laughs> of, of Fowler around here on staff. Um, anything kind of top top of list as like your funniest or I, craziest memory? I was I was thinking about that. I'm and. You know, obviously, there's some that I'd probably rather not share <laughs> into podcast land. But I, I do remember a few years ago, a bunch of us went to a conference in New York City. Um, it was me and Tom and Mike Krause and Beth at the time. And anyways, a few other people. And uh, one of the evenings, we had some time off. And we so we were just wandering around Soho in Manhattan or like near in New York there and found this... Uh, this like funk bar. It was like a little hole in the wall. We went inside and uh, besides the bass player in the band, we were the only white people uh, in, in like in the bar. And when this band started playing, we were like, we were just like lifted into this 
stratosphere of like this music is the best music we've ever heard. We were just all kind of getting into it and so on until I looked over at Mike Grouse and he, he's like, he's like a robot, like a deer in headlights staring into space as if he's like an alien who's landed on another planet <laughs> observing what are these people doing and why are they doing it? He, it was like he had no emotion whatsoever or, it was, or groove or, well, <laughs> yeah, or groove no, no moves <laughs> although i will say this as i was thinking about this story and and you know kudos to mike because i'll throw him under the bus in one minute but if you ever watch mike during our worship services and of course he doesn't do it to be watched he's always going for it with all that he's got when when we're singing to god so you can tell that it's a deliberate choice because he knows there's so much to celebrate. Whereas the funk bar was not worshipful. <laughs> At least he didn't think so. I, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, that's good. Hey, um, the conversation we want to have today uh, is about an initiative that we launched just last week. And uh, it's not even an initiative that we, in that sense, launched. It's a, a national and, and global movement, uh, a program called Alpha. And uh, we wanted to just make all of our members aware of this and allow them to kind of get under the hood on this a little yep. bit. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I know that you've been uh, really instrumental in getting this off the ground. So kind of starting at the very beginning, ironically, yeah. alpha means beginning. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what is alpha when we talk about this thing called yeah. alpha? I mean, alpha is a course, actually, that was developed by Holy Trinity Brompton Church in England. It's a Church of England church, the guy named Nicky Gumbel. Uh, started it up with his congregation as a way to help people get under the hood of what the Christian faith was all about. And maybe more fundamentally, a starting place just so that they could ask the big questions of life in an environment where they could have some good conversation in an unrushed way over a number of weeks. And so this local church, and I've been there, Holy, Holy yeah. Trinity Brompton, uh, this local church develops this video-based curriculum to ask these big questions of life that then becomes this thing called alpha. So can you talk at all about yeah, just I mean, the, well, the history and the how it exploded or why it yeah, exploded globally? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the little bit that I know. I mean, this has been around for like decades now. Yeah. And it, it mushroomed not just in England, but all over the world because people found themselves really tracking with the kinds of topics and conversations that the alpha course brings up there there it i think it was just a, a good barometer for the 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 temperature of spiritual interest that was going on all over the world yeah it felt like especially in the early years that it it provided a church a kind of plug and play resource and even more than that we'll talk about this in a few moments a, a system right yep. a whole a whole yep. uh, strategy of sorts uh, to leverage these sessions on these big questions of life uh, in a way that you then didn't have to invest in to make yourself, right? Churches, they didn't want to make these videos. And so here they are, they're available. And uh, and and one thing kind of led to another. Well, then as the, the name, as the brand kind of gained awareness and credibility and reliability on its impact or whatever, then the brand became its own thing. Absolutely. And you would, you would find people, even here in Canada and in Niagara, um, who knew what alpha was, uh, even if they weren't part of a church, it, it kind of had its own, it now uh, over the years now has its own, has its own reputation that Absolutely. gets leveraged. 
Um, I mentioned that it's not just videos, but an actual almost process. Uh, There's a whole thing to doing alpha. So how does alpha work? Yeah, well, just to just say something about the videos first, though, because I think it's what's good or what's helpful about alpha is that most churches don't have the kinds of resources to actually put together a whole body of content that is presented in a way that helps grab people's attention and really gets their gears going. And so I think that uh, uh, the centerpiece of the content starts with the video, but there's so much more going on that makes it a a whole experience. So uh, uh, what was the question? I was going to say, and the videos, well, we'll talk about the videos first. Um, And the videos have been upgraded. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've been updated now where, you know, Nicky Gumbel himself was providing a lot of content in the earlier videos. And now... Uh, I mean, they've been overhauled and there are younger voices and more voices. Yeah. And so it's, it's now it's kind of the same content, but in a, yeah, in a not, fresher, it's not dated. It's yeah. The, more, they, more updated way. Um, so the question was just how, how does alpha work beyond a whole bunch of people watch a video? It's oh, right, more yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the, the basis is, is actually helping people to explore the Christian faith in a, in a communal kind of a way. And so, a lot of the best way to do that is to start, it starts with a meal. And for the first hour, you'd have a meal. And then uh, after that meal, and everyone's had some nice conversation, getting to know each other, there'd be about a 20 to 30 minute video experience. And again, just with really good content and presented in a way that's that's stimulating. And then after that, uh, over coffee and dessert, uh, you would have a discussion and talk about the, the things, the the information that you were exposed to, talk about the questions that were raised by it, talk about objections that you would have to it, and just kind of mix it up. And no matter what size group a church has uh, doing Alpha, one of the things is that this all happens in the context of like a small table group. Absolutely. And the small table group, as I understand it, that this is your fixed group for the duration of the experience of Alpha. Yeah. So you do get a bit of, like you said, the relational power of Absolutely. connectedness that s- stimulates some of the spiritual exploration and discovery yeah, it's, it's, as well. it's almost It's almost like a, a short, like, I mean, around here at Southridge, we have short-term life groups sometimes. Right. It's almost like a short-term life group. Right. But it's many short-term life groups essentially yeah, that's right. Sitting in the same at room. the same time. Absolutely. So you have a larger group room, a gym or an auditorium lobby or something with these tables Absolutely, that a person yeah. would go and be part of a table group while they eat and watch the videos and then discuss them That's right. afterwards. Um, we're offering alpha over nine weeks. Is that Correct. because there's nine videos or? No, alpha actually traditionally is an 11 week course with uh, like a full weekend away uh, right in the middle of that. And we're offering it over a nine week period just to accommodate what we think is basically just real about the lives of the people that we think we'll, we'll be coming to and that we're inviting into the, into the experience. Yeah. And, and, uh, if you can give us, uh, just a bit of a summary or sorts of yep. like, what, what are the nine weeks entail? Yeah. What, what kind of things are people talking about? Well, it, it starts off, uh, the first session is called, is, uh, is this all there is, or is there more to life than this? I think it's called. And, um, just to kind of get the juices going about, thinking about the bigger questions of life and spiritual things. I know that one of the discussion questions is if you could ask God one question, what would you ask him? Hmm. And I think it's a, it's a really, 
good way to actually stimulate some honest, raw conversation about the things that people are really thinking. Um, but then from there, it goes into questions of, of who is Jesus and why did Jesus die and uh, why and how should I pray? Uh, why and how should I read the Bible? And just kind of getting into those kinds of things uh, while asking, it's, it's, it's certainly not a thing where you check your brain at the door because it will address a lot of intellectual questions mm-hmm. that people may have uh, about faith as well. Uh, but then it does uh, move further than that into even asking, well, how does God guide me? How, how do, what kind of ongoing relationship does he want to have with me? And so we talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk about making the most of the rest of our life. And, and what does it mean to even like overcome evil? Because I mean, one of the big questions that people ask, actually, I guarantee it's the number one question is, why is there so much evil in the world if there's such a good God mm-hmm. who is so powerful, yeah. right? So lots of topics like that. Yeah. So for those of us listening, if we've never understood what Alpha is about, uh, it, it certainly gets into the technicalities of the core aspects of Orthodox Christianity. That's right. Like from a theological and even an academic technical perspective in that sense. But ultimately... The whole point of it is to help people find and learn how to relate to Jesus. That's right. It's not just learning about Jesus. It helps guide people to how to relate with Jesus. And uh, you know, if you were to kind of summarize from your experience and and you know even what the the curriculum intends, what would you say is the ultimate kind of the intended impact of Alpha? Why would someone go? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly from from someone who's met Jesus's point of view. Uh, the unashamed goal would be that that people that we could invite into the conversation could actually have a real encounter with the living Jesus. Mm-hmm. That that beyond an intellectual discussion and all those kinds of things, that that if they could actually open up uh, to the possibility that God did something concrete in history that that made him that made it possible for them to be in a, an ongoing intimate relationship with him and that that would change everything about their life, th- that would ultimately be the goal. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're saying something that we haven't said yet. The the target audience would be a person unfamiliar with the message and work of Absolutely. the person of Jesus. But I would say it's not limited to that scope of audience, is it? No. Like there, for many of us, it can help sharpen and refine and actually cement not just our theological understanding, but our capacity to relate to Jesus. And so, you know, while there is an intended audience, an intended impact, uh, it does have a bit of a broader, absolutely, uh, a broader relevance for people. Um, I know that we're offering Alpha uh, at each of our locations. Yep. And uh, as a group of location pastors, talk about what you're expecting or hoping that God would do. Yeah. It's not completely unrelated to the answer of the last time. I, I think that certainly for people who are exploring faith, I really do hope that it's going to um, peak beyond peaking curiosity, that, that some aha light bulbs could come on. Uh, personally for people, but also for people who are already uh, following Jesus, who are taking this course. For some, it will be deepening a faith that they already have, but I hope it will also trigger a mindset of, gosh, maybe I could maybe get into some friendships where other people could be exposed to some of this content as well, so that maybe that could stimulate the kinds of conversations that would help some other people bump into the love of God. Right. There's, There's really 
two intended outcomes. One is the direct impact in a person's life to discover Jesus and yep. how to relate to him better. The other is both, I guess, a byproduct, but equally intended that it would activate people yep. to draw others exactly. to Jesus and to draw others into spiritual conversations yep. and faith-stimulating environments so that others could lead others to Jesus. That's right. Right? And uh, create the whole groundswell there. I guess final question just on the impact of Alpha. What, what knowing your experience in it, uh, what makes you confident that God can deliver these results in our community in Niagara in 2020? Well, first of all, because God loves people and he wants people to actually understand and know him. Um, and that the, the way that that happens is often through... Uh, a combination of relationship and content uh, intermingling. And sometimes people's lives are at a place where it's just the right time for a particular conversation. And uh, yeah, what I mean, I would say that what we're hoping for would be even that the experience of Jesus would be beyond sort of an intellectual or me and God kind of thing that, that they would, there would be an experience of, uh, interpersonal relationships that God actually desires for us as well. And that's why the meal, the hanging out, the small group experience over a nine-week period, because what we're invited to in Jesus is actually a community uh, where we can actually help each other grow closer to God and express the character of God to one another, um, which then deepens our faith. Right. We've talked so many times about how a faith life, you know, when you think about even in the New Testament, a faith life sort of makes spiritually dead people alive. That's meaning right. People without the life of Jesus now possess the life of Jesus. And it makes foreigners and aliens grafted in as adopted sons and daughters, That's part right. of God's family. And those two things happen simultaneously. A faith life is not something that you live while personal, that you live independent and alone. That's right. And so Alpha actually achieves both of those objectives That's right. in the sense that it stimulates an individual's personal faith relationship with Jesus while grafting them kind of simultaneously into doing that in community. And sort of the medium is the message then about how this is actually done better together than That's right. on our own, which is the real, I, I think the real power of it. Um, you, you've started to tap into something that I want all of us as members to be clear on, and that is that there actually are some preconditions for alpha to work well. And so, you know, when you think about a, a participant, like what has to happen or what has to be happening for a person to experience the impact of alpha? <laughs> well, it really actually just boils down to the simple thing of whether somebody will invite them to participate uh, in the Alpha course, uh, often with someone that they know. I mean, to for someone to kind of uh, just dive in on their own, that's a pretty risky thing, although some people do. Yeah, uh, once in a while, that. someone will register cold. Yeah. But the vast majority of people who participate in Alpha, not just around here historically, but like globally in yep. this proven uh, resource, uh, it's on the invite of a trusted friend. That's right. So, you know, first things first, gang, uh, most people aren't going to experience the power of what God has proven consistently to do through Alpha if they're not invited. 
That's so right. <laughs> let's let me just say one, one little thing though about that as well. Um, when I think about some of the people who have signed up here at Glenridge, there are a number of people who through various means and ways have actually been attending on Sundays and deepening a sense of curiosity and maybe don't totally know where they're at yet, but have already made the move towards, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. Now, granted, some of those folks are people that other people have talked to to say, hey, I think this is for you. Yeah, you might have a, a pastor even from the front in a large group yeah, uh, exactly. community gathering. You might have an announcement that sort of that's indirectly right. is targeting and inviting people that they might respond to. But uh, yeah, most of the time it's an interpersonal yeah, relationship, absolutely. you know, on the heels of which someone will, will join. From the perspective of the inviter, uh, what have you observed makes it hard for people to invite people to something like this? Yeah, it's just that weirdness that if we're insecure about our faith for any number of reasons, and often I think people these days are insecure about their faith because they don't want to be seen as one of those guys who, um, because so much I think of wider culture, as soon as you might tell someone you're a Christian, they're going to immediately have all kinds of preconceived ideas and generally negative baggage attached to that. And so there's this hesitancy to out yourself that you're a Christian uh, and, and even more so than to invite somebody to participate with you in something. They're going to think that you got some kind of agenda beyond just friendship and love. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple pieces to that. Obviously, the and we've talked about this a lot as a local church, and it's something that we are not only owning of ourselves, but resolutely committed to doing our best in Christ's power to change. And that is just the reputation of the church. Yeah, right. The the reputation of the Christian church uh, is very different than even our society's. Uh, understanding of the biblical Jesus. There's yep. a gap there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we need to, to, to close that gap. And so, you know, you're, you're not only fighting that reputation, that's obviously that negative default that you assume someone has towards the church and Christianity. That That's kind of an uphill battle. But then, you know, the more personal uh, insecurity, I like that you use that word, that a close trusted friend could all of a sudden then, by opening up that conversation, feel that they're a project or you have an agenda or, uh, you know, that, that, that you're no longer just close, trusted friends, but there's some ulterior motive right. there. And uh, that, that kind of makes things difficult. I, I would say, from your experience, what, what has to happen in a relationship with someone in order to have the kind of integrity that you can have the kind of confidence that you could make an invite to something like Alpha. Yeah, well, integrity and confidence generally grow over time. And so if I'm living the kind of life where I'm I'm letting Jesus shape me and transform me so that I, that I just want to be the kindest, most loving, open-hearted, uh, inclusive, generous person that I can be, that as I would be interested in other people and learn about them, and they might be interested about me, that there would actually be a mutual trust growing, that when we share things that are close to our heart, we can actually take it at face value. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point then that when you have real friendship, 
you can talk about the things. It's natural. It's yeah. the most natural thing in the world to talk about the things that are important to you. Yeah, I would uh, sort of from my experience saying similar things. Um, I know part of this whole year has been about trying to be more deliberate to be for people. That's right. And, uh, you know, there there is a tremendous amount of power and, frankly, influence that can be leveraged when someone close to you knows that they know that you are just plain for them. That's right. Right? So so any invitation, invitation to dinner or to go watch a movie or whatever is is received from the posture of, hey, this person is for me. Yeah. The other thing that I've found important even in my own life is you you in many cases you do have to at some level have opened the door for some degree of spiritual conversation. That's right. Right? There has to have already been that gear or that level of conversation. Otherwise, it feels super awkward, right? Mm -hmm. We've only talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've only talked about our kids. We've only talked about the weather. Now I'm going to invite you to Alpha, which then is awkward because it opens a whole much deeper layer that you otherwise never talked about. The person's kind of feeling like, if this mattered so much to you, why didn't you talk about this with me before? Where if you can open that door as you're being four people naturally in the crucible of relationship, then alpha can be a, hey, you know, remember we had that conversation about, or remember you were wondering, you know, about this question. You know, here's a a resource that we could participate in to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, and as you're friends with people, you like... Again, normal life, you're friends with people in a whole bunch of different environments. So you might be watching the game together, but you might be going out for a beer together. And it really has to do with being interested enough in somebody else to be curious enough to ask the kinds of questions that are going to lead to just mutual sharing about those less or beneath the surface level things. Yeah. Um, Now that we're a week into this and things are kind of up and running and and rolling, for those of us who are just finding out about this now... um, and, and maybe aren't participating in Alpha, how, how can we right now start supporting uh, what we're hoping that God would do? Um, well, I, I think two things. Uh, well, a couple of Yeah, a couple of things. One is you, you could pray, um, but praying very specifically in the week-to-week kind of content, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the days of the week that we're doing this in Vineland, Welland, and St. Catharines. Um, and in your location to even find out from your location, pastor, Hey, who are some of the table leaders that we could be praying for? I think as you hear about alpha and think about alpha, you could also think about God, would you maybe want me to participate in some way in the future? And, uh, what we actually want to make available to our life groups at some point, uh, in the, in the spring would be uh, a curriculum that alpha's put out called shared life or life shared where, uh, it actually goes a little bit deeper into some of the conversation we just had about how we go about friendships and how we go about mm. relationships so that maybe in the future you could participate in Alpha. Well, I'm wondering about that. So right now, what would some of the investments be that we could make in our lives to leverage Alpha better the next round that we offer it at our locations. Oh, for sure. I mean, as uh, in the connection department, we've been actually thinking about, you know, when would we offer this and so on, and when's the best time, when's the optimum time to do that. And I think that if if you are in a life group and you would be willing to actually do this shared life curriculum in anticipation of maybe even a year from now, in the new year again, where where 
you could actually think about doing it as a group or whether you might want to participate in leading or who are the people in your lives that that you might want to just ask God, hey, God, might this be somebody that it w- would be perf- the perfect timing for them to engage in this kind of ongoing formal conversation? Mm-hmm. And just to remind people so that we don't feel like we're we're stuck uh, until we hear that something like Alpha is being uh, offered again. Uh, in addition to praying for the existing Alpha and starting to kind of till the soil in our own uh, relational worlds yep. to, to build the kind of integrity relationships that could leverage something like Alpha. We talk a lot of, uh, around here about the number of front doors yeah. to faith that we have real time all the time. So just remind us of how those work. And in the uniqueness of the relationship that we're in, there might be different front doors that are suitable for different people. So just kind of yeah. walk us through the always ongoing front doors around here. Yeah, I mean, it, communally and corporately, as a as a well, as a as a church family, there's probably three different things, or three ish different ways that we can invite people to participate or explore with us. One would maybe, very obviously, be Sunday mornings, and maybe key Sunday mornings sometimes along uh, throughout the year, whether it's Christmas or Easter or or a special event or something that's going on. Um, one could actually be your very own life group. Uh, right. Let's say your life group is going to have some social time together and have a barbecue together. Well, friends inviting friends to meet other friends that you know and that you think are going to enjoy meeting each other. That's a very, very natural and beautiful thing to do. So there's a relational front door there. And then finally, uh, with the anchor causes that we have, the, uh, there's a lot of good people in the world that want to do a lot of good things and, and resonate with and want to connect with the world being a more just place. And because that's very close to the heart of God, we want to be that way as a church. And many times people want to come alongside and and, and somehow subtly and sometimes not so subtly bump into God there as well. Yeah. And, and I think over time we've been realizing that things like our life groups or our spiritual circles of relationship, and especially now the anchor causes are actually more effective front doors than the traditional absolutely what we used to assume was the primary front door of invite a person to church quote unquote uh on sunday morning appreciating that church is this life of faith that we live the whole time for sure uh together in community for christ um you know at some level all of this is kind of undergirded by something that we haven't alluded to yet but we're hoping that god does in growing what we call our invitational culture, yeah. our invitational culture. So Chris, as we wrap up, um, you know, just share some final thoughts or encouragements or even maybe some challenges to our members who are listening when it comes to either specifically leveraging alpha or just in general, leveraging the power of an invitational culture. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just going to go back. Maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind because I had to preach a couple weeks ago uh, about being better together and specifically in the context of eating together. And the story that we focused in on was the story of Jesus interacting with a tax collector named Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says that Jesus was just passing through Jericho, just kind of going about his life. And then all of a sudden he sees Zacchaeus. It says he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. And then something happened inside Jesus where it was like, he almost, I think, heard his father say, hey, I want you to hang out with that guy. And so Jesus says to him, I must hang out. I, I must want, go to your house. I want to hang today. out with you yeah, today. Yeah. And and so what I'm drawing from that is 
certainly if our lives are super busy and we never have time to be interrupted in that way for those spontaneous kinds of things that happen, they're never going to happen. Also, to, to create the space to, to uh, deliberately and strategically create space for hospitality and friendship to happen, and, and enough quietness then to listen to God for who, when, where, how he might want to place into your life. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, gang, I hope you're inspired by this. And whether you're participating in Alpha this round or not, uh, you realize that you've got some opportunities to take some steps forward. So, uh, Chris, thanks so much for sharing that and yep, uh, helping us to uh, understand that a little more clearly. Let's all pray into this uh, now eight remaining weeks of Alpha across our Southridge community and be excited with anticipation for what God's going to do. Because as you said, this is certainly the heart of God to invite people to understand uh, more of himself and to relate to him through uh, a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. So thrilling to see what he's up to around here. Thanks again for joining us as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.